Welcome to the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the exploration and cultivation of the outside genius found in neurodivergence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast. My name is Lillian Skinner. Today, we are going to talk about mirroring and how rare it is for us to get proper mirroring as gifted neurodivergence. I was recently talking to a friend and she was telling me that she has a new business partner and her new business partner is amazing, but she also is sort of afraid of her. And I said, well, why are you afraid of her? And she said, because she's so amazing and I don't know what to do with her. I feel like she's going to reject me or I feel like I can't do the job as well. Or, And I nodded and just thought, yeah, I know that feeling. That's exactly what it feels like when you're somebody who's exceptional and you meet somebody else who's exceptional. You feel utterly, completely not up to par. The reason for that is we very rarely meet other people like us in the real world. According to ChatGTP statistics, if you are profoundly gifted, your chances of meeting someone like you is one in 10,000. Now, I have not met 10,000 people in my life, but I still managed to marry somebody who is profoundly gifted. It's not a matter of that. I think that there's actually way more profoundly gifted people than one in 10,000. It's just that the tests are done randomly and and only some people show up. I mean, even my family doesn't actually show up as profoundly gifted on those tests. We just score really, really high in one area. And then another score will score really, really low because the test is inaccurate for us. I do think it is very rare for us to find us. But then there's another level that we don't talk about that goes unsaid in our society, which is we are taught to avoid each other. In our systems, which work at average and want everything to be average, and you have to follow the rules for average, I realized that when I saw somebody who was also highly gifted, I started to avoid them. And you didn't want to be around people who were too much like you because you were weird, you were different, and people already sort of frowned at you and you were trying to act normal. And so when you hung out with somebody like you, then you acted too weird, too much. The two of you were too much together and you needed to tone it down. Our boys particularly, but girls and boys, they go to school and the kids that are the most gifted are pulled apart from each other and kept from each other because they're having too much fun. Here you have a child who might've gone several grades and meets somebody like them and they connect and they're so excited. They have so much joy. They're so happy to meet someone like them. And the teacher separates them because they're having too much fun. I see that all the time. I saw that with my children. I experienced that myself. Our joy of meeting someone else to mirror us was always cut short because we were too much for the situation. They always keep the kids who are gifted, really highly gifted from each other because they're literally screaming when they meet each other, they're so excited. Now, fortunately for me, for all of the things I had wrong in childhood, I did have really one great thing, and that was my high school best friend. She was probably the same level of neurodivergent. She was a math savant. She was so smart and so cool, and we spent our weekends doing chess till 2 a.m. in the morning and going to interesting lectures, and we were just such a couple of the same person, so dorky and needy and so lovely. And I am so lucky that I had her. I can't even say it enough. She was really the highlight of my childhood. I took her for granted. I didn't realize how amazing she was because I felt we were weird and we probably seemed weirder together. And I was a little bit embarrassed by that. Now I don't care. And when I met my husband, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she reminds me so much of my best friend from high school. 
I had a lot of delight in it. And then my middle child reminds me so much of her as well. It is amazing because we look nothing alike. And yet my middle child almost looks like her more than me. <laughs> she reminds me so much more of her than she does of me. And yet I know that she mirrors me the most. And it, it is astonishing to me that I found her, then found my husband and then had a daughter that reminds me so much of her. But it gave me an opportunity to see who I was and how I appear to other people. I needed that. I really didn't know how I appeared to other people. I was told constantly as a child that there was something wrong with me, that I needed to be less of this and more of that and never who I was. They never gave me good feedback and they still don't. And so we don't talk and it actually works out well. Now I'm surrounded by people who do give me good feedback. They do mirror me. And when people out in the real world tell me I'm weird or can feel that they obviously think that I'm odd, I just don't care anymore because I have my solid people behind me. You don't need a lot of amazing people. You just need a few. But if you get those few, the rest of the world doesn't matter. They sort of melt away and all of a sudden you can be okay with whoever you are. But we are completely, utterly kept from each other. We are told to not be that way in school. We're separated. Everything about us is harmed in the system. I really don't think that we get much benefit out of it. It's there to oppress us so that we can grow up and not know what we're walking around with and be exploited by the system. The system is run by average people. They're very, very sure of their superiority and they have no clue what real, true giftedness the highest levels of it look like. They are very insecure around us. And you will feel this. I find them to be often incredibly insecure. Not only am I very tall, but I have a authoritative personality. I just know what I know and I don't apologize for it. I did that when I was younger, but it was a very fake me and the real me is very authentic. Because I don't put on airs, because I don't come across as less than, because I don't do the things you're supposed to do, which our society calls social intelligence or emotional intelligence. I do what is authentic and honest. And since I feel other people so deeply, I can feel them on many levels and I have many contexts for what they're emotionally feeling and knowing and seeing and doing and thinking. Because I have so much that, I know my emotional intelligence is incredibly high. And I know when they're upset with me, but I don't care because a lot of people deserve to be upset. They deserve the reality that I am correct and I'm not going to back down just because they think I should because I'm different. I am what I am. I have certain gifts and I bring them to the table. And if you don't want to receive them, that's fine. I'll go away. But I should not have to lower myself to be there and to present them so that you're comfortable because I might be smarter than you. Now, according to ChatGTP, the focus of our society on normal prevents those of us with higher giftedness, and I'm talking about quite higher giftedness, prevents us from getting proper recognition and support. Because there's such a focus on that average, we don't get recognized for being good, different, or it being an asset to the world. We get recognized as being wrong. Just wrong. Ever since I was a little kid, I've been told not to be too authoritative or too pushy. But the problem is, is that I can see the way things line up pretty easily. And I get very frustrated because the group always wants to go in a direction that is inefficient and doesn't actually equal the outcome that they're seeking. I just recently had a class and they were trying to go in one direction. I kept saying that direction will not work. The following things will occur. This happened many times and I was right every time, but they were very mad at me and told me I was pessimistic. And I said, I'm not pessimistic, I'm realistic. I just have a brain that lines things up. But people don't want people who are accurate 
when everybody else isn't. They don't actually want the smartest person. They want you to go along with the crowd. The problem is, is that I just see things that the crowd cannot see. I'm an outsider. I'm an outlier. And there's just nothing I can do about that. And if I know that they need it, and we're not doing this for the actual benefit of trying to get it right, then I just let them go. I don't try to be a leader. I know that I'm outside. I know that being a leader for me is being a leader for people like me. I know even as a coach that I'm a better coach for people who are coaches themselves than I am for people who are not. And the reason I became a coach was because I couldn't find a coach who offered me value. I needed somebody smarter than me, and I was really struggling to find that. That is a horrible thing to say, right? I'm not supposed to say that. But the truth is, it is my reality. I couldn't find a coach who actually gave me information and helped me see things that I didn't already see. Most of my coaches that I work with, I process with to externally process. I'm not hiring them for their expertise. I find that most people don't understand the world quite as detailed or as big picture as I do. And that's a lonely place. But when I meet that person who does, and I have a yoga teacher coach who is that person, it is wonderful. Even though I don't get the recognition and support as a whole, and there's a social stigma for me and you get put to your corners because you're too much. When I find that other person who is like me, it is so wonderful. It is so deep. It is so much more connection. It is the most wonderful thing in the world. And that is what I want to offer this group. That is something I really, really want to give each other. I want you to find your mirroring. And if I can do that for you, or you can find somebody in our group that can do it for you, then it is all worth it. Because you don't need a lot of people like you. You just need a few. If you find the right significant other, it is enough to change your entire life in a good direction. It is enough to help you reach your full potential. Because you have a support system that, albeit is small... It's all that you need. We're not meant to have crowds follow us. We're meant to have a group of small, highly intellectual and highly sensitive and highly creative and highly artistic and highly amazing people that we can be who we truly are and they delight in us. I need other people. You give me the insight so that I can see the world bigger. You help me find new avenues of growth and ways to be. I need you so I can be my best because I am lost in that world of average. I don't understand what they're doing. I don't understand why they're doing it. When I was a little girl, I used to read fiction like it was going out of style. But I realize now that that fiction was adults writing as if they were children. As an adult, I'm frustrated to heck because most of the books I read are not adults who are like me. They're adults who are floundering. They're adults who are screwing up and it makes for good reading. But I don't do that. My life doesn't work like that. I see the big picture and I get in front of it and I make sure everybody else is good. And I'm constantly trying to figure out what I need to do to make things better, easier, kinder, lovelier, wonderful better. This is not valued in our world. They actually like drama. They like us to be broken and falling apart. I was talking to my oldest and we were saying how we could never probably be in a cult because we get a little crazy when we're with a group of people. We would never fit in well and it wouldn't go well because we don't understand why they're doing these things, why they're messing up their lives, why they bring these many people into it and give up so much autonomy. I need my autonomy. I also need my friends. And a small group is perfect. I don't need a lot of people. I just need a few.
And I bet you're the same way. I bet if you're listening to this, what you've realized right now is that there are people out there like you and you need to find them and you need to bring them in and you need to surround yourself right now because we're going into a very tough time, a tough era. You need to surround yourself with people like you who are not going to make it tougher. I have a lot of people in my life who I've let go because the cost of them wasn't worth the benefit of them. And it sounds horrible, but when we're talking about a scenario of what is coming, which is the collapse of society, pretty much social unrest, and we have to navigate a massive change in the world, you want to surround yourself with the best people you can surround yourself. And I'm not talking about for career. I'm talking about for life. Because in that last podcast I did, where I talked about the oleander and the narcissist and the orchid and the echoist, I told you that our society is set up to make sure that the narcissists are supported. So they turn the orchids into echoists, and the echoists then devote themselves to these selfish people, thinking they're not worthy. That needs to change now. You need to realize that you're more than worthy. You are the future. You are the one that's going to have the big picture seeing and knowing and feeling and doing to fix the world if it's possible, to do something about and save yourself and others you love. And so now's the time to build this community because we need it. We need it. We need the insight of each other. We need the thoughtful gestures that might save our lives. And we need the shared experiences. I needed the shared experiences because my experience is so unique that I am taking in just mine. But I also am taking in many other people's. And I can say one thing for my parents. The reason my adult life has been so good is that they made so many gross errors and the raising of me and the way they handled their adult life. It made sure I didn't make them over again. And when I married the first time, I was confronted with that too. And I realized Inaction is an error. Overaction is an error. Not planning is an error. Overplanning is an error. OCD is one of those things that I think a lot of really beautiful, amazing, intelligent people get because they're trying to control their world and their inside to a degree that it's starting to burn them out. It's starting to crush them. It's becoming too much. The monster is unleashed. It is intelligence, though is intelligence that pushes you there trying to fit in in a place you don't. And it is intelligence that will tell you that the only way out is to let that space that you're in go. And I think ODD is similar like that too. And I'm saying this from experience, and I could be wrong, but this has been my experience of me having it and also other people having it in my life and watching them build these things, trying to control themselves in a world that they can't control with people who are out of control. And when I became an adult, those things went away as soon as I had ownership of my own life. And I brought in only people who were healthy. But when I was a child, they were very much a problem because I didn't have ownership. I couldn't run away. I couldn't get away. I couldn't support myself. Plus, I had younger siblings that I really cared about, knew needed my stability that I provided. But once I got away, I could use all those experiences to not repeat those cycles. The other thing is you absolutely need a sense of belonging. There is nothing wrong with you. There's so much right. You just haven't been showed it. It's not been told to you. You haven't been pointed out. And without proper mirroring, you have no clue what's right and wrong about you. You just walk the world basically being injured. 
I would imagine that all of us have some sort of RSD because we all have had so much rejection. We don't actually know how to work or move or or be. And we do need to get around those who are like us so that we can know that that's normal for our being and that it can be celebrated by the right people. You being a know-it-all is not a bad thing. I like it. I want to know what you know. I want to hear it all. You being able to see the patterns and get ahead of things is not a bad thing. I like it. I want to know about it. I think it's fantastic. We should use it. We should get that employed for you. I know so many brilliant people who are working in the workforce being pushed into positions that are too low for them, and they're losing their minds, not because they're bad at it, even though they may feel that way, but rather because they're just not meant for it. They're meant for greater things. And our society is set up to oppress that because only the rich get the greater choices. And even the rich, if they're born into a wrong family, they don't get it either. It really does require a family that loves you, a place that is safe, and you able to stretch out your wings and figure out how high you can go. That has not been given to most of us. It's not been afforded to most of us. It's so rare that we're here and then we don't get that. But it could be. The future is changing so rapidly, it might be that we can build that place. We can give you that place. That if you get around those people, we will be able to give it to each other. We have to build community now. We will need each other so that we all survive, so that we all do well, so that we all can go to the right places using our collective knowledge. You're here for a reason. You went through a whole lot of experiences for a reason. Many of them are bad, but they are still knowledge. And we can fix how you feel about them and yourself so that you can use them. You're amazing. I want you to know that. And your mirroring has been crap, but that doesn't make you crap. It makes you somebody who just needs someone to reflect them as they really are. Someone to say, that isn't your normal. That is your good. That is your fine. Don't worry about what other people think. You keep going in that. It took me losing everything to gain everything. It's unfortunate that our lives have to be the extreme compared to everyone else's, but then it's also fortunate. And right now might be the most fortunate time ever to be you. That's all I'm going to talk about this week, guys. But thank you for listening as always. And I hope you'll tune in next time. Bye. The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent Gifted NT Incorporated, Lillian Skinner, or the Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast. This podcast, Lillian Skinner, and Gifted ND Incorporated are not responsible and do not verify the accuracy of the information contained in this podcast series. The primary purpose of this podcast is to inform and educate. The Gifted Neurodivergent Podcast is only available for private, non-commercial use. Any other use of the information contained within this podcast must be done with express written approval and knowledge of Lillian Skinner. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute any part of this podcast. The developer assumes no liability for this podcast or its use on any other podcast or other media.